welcome to the Conscious Broadcast. I'm Danielle Kane, and I have a very lovely special guest today, Ashley Scott from uh, Lunar Crystalline, who yes. I guess you, yes, I've been waiting to bring you on for a while. I've talked about you on my recaps um, quite a bit. So uh, beautiful. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. It's an honor. You've been very helpful on my journey from the, the newest chapter that I'm on. And uh, it's been lovely. So I'm going to just do a quick, well, I'm going to do an introduction. I don't know if it'll be quick. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we laugh because I was trying to roll out the scroll. <laughs> trying to explain what Ashley does. I'm like, what do I call you? She's like, Ashley. I was like, no, like, <laughs> how do I tell people like who you are, what you do? So you'll know now why she's this amazing individual okay so she is the owner and founder of this awesome business lunar crystalline and she has a passion and that is to invoke magic and ritual in everyday life uh she's a mother a poet and a student of life for life i would say because she's constantly yeah. learning mm -hmm. and improving and i can see it while i'm her mentee she's also a mentee for somebody so i can definitely see that in yes. the way that she she comes across in our meetings. She works in a variety of modalities and uses her psychic intuitive gifts, as well as her clients' astrological charts to create customized plans of healing from the inside out. She's a certified herbalist and a medicine woman, a creatrix, love it, intuitive energy healer, acupuncturist, parasympathetic pleasure, and somatic practitioner. She practices witch and oracle witchcraft i'm assuming and oracle yeah readings specializing in astral and herbal magic maybe i said that wrong mm -hmm. but ancestral yeah ancestral and astral yeah i do play oh did i say astral well. ancestral yeah so i mean i do that as well you do yeah. that as well <laughs> yeah uh i got tripped up with some wording there in addition ashley is a primal movement instructor and sacral embodiment coach which allows students to connect their sacral energy and tap into the bowl of creation that lies within becoming empowered and in tune with their emotional and physical body through sensuality and intimacy. She works in many modalities, as you can see. <laughs> so she <Yeah. laughs> can help others learn to regulate their nervous system and step into their spirit with the understanding there is no one size fits all approach to healing and that we are all on our own unique unfolding. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. Uh, yeah, for me to tell the world because um, I don't know. Uh, it was funny when we when I got this great opportunity to go on this retreat. I was talking to Beck, our mutual friend who was running mm -hmm. the retreat, and you guys were also part of that. And she was like, "You're probably going to connect with Ashley," and I think she knew yeah. right away. I was like, yeah. "I didn't know. I didn't know what to expect." But um, as soon as I met you, she was bringing out. Mm -hmm. She made she made a beautiful tea blend for the group every day. When she was telling me what she was putting in there, because I had worked with a nutritionist before, before an herbologist, I'm like, this girl knows something. She yeah. knows what she's doing, and I like it, and I want to know more. So you you pulled yeah. you you pulled me in with that, and then you you went off on all this other stuff. So yeah, <laughs> all that other stuff. How did you accomplish all, all this stuff? And you're only like <laughs> in your early 30s, girl. Yeah, I'm 36. I just had my solar return. Um, you know, Happy birthday. I've been Thank you. Yes. Um, I've been on this path for, it's been a minute. So it's been about 16, 17 years now. Um, 
you know, I have a lot of Sagittarius in my chart and Sagittarius is the learner, the truth seeker. Yeah. The wanderer also. <laughs> so I tend to, I personally, for my own healing journey, um, just knowing how I am and that I like to be dabbling in a lot of different things. I understand that we have many facets of the self, of mm -hmm. the soul. And so everything that I work in was a part of my own personal journey of healing, right? That's still continuing. That's always going to be continuing. And so something that I noticed um, just in modern society is that there tends to be a lot of um, very, what's the word? There's not a lot of customized mm -hmm. healing plans. It's mm -hmm. kind of like we're given a lot of standardized um, applications for healing. Um, it always makes me think of like the school system, like traditional school system, where it's like, if you're not learning this way, then there's something wrong, or we're mm -hmm. taught that there's something wrong with us. And that's just not true. It's not the reality of how life is. So it was very important to me as I was kind of stepping into this being like living my life's work of being of service, that I had a lot of tools in my belt, not only for myself, but for those I was working with. Mm -hmm. um, so that way, things could kind of become more of an embodied practice um, and could be more structured in a way that felt good and felt personalized for them. Did that answer your question? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Yeah. So, so take me down the journey of, of you. So did of you actually, start right. with being in, <laughs> what was the first thing that you really connected with? The, the first thing were the plants. Um, the first things I connected with were the herbs um, and the magic in the herbs. I can remember, I always um, can go back to like the first time, like even stepping into like the magic and the gifts aspect. But ever since I was like a young child, I've also always had this affinity for um, making concoctions and putting plants together. And I've always been very drawn to nature and being outside and learning about my local environment and building a connection with plants. So it definitely started with the herbs. Mm -hmm. um, and that was just from a very young age. And then that was the first thing though, that I went in for a certification because I was practicing and using it. And then I was like, okay, this is a modality of medicine that I want to work in. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I started incorporating that with my own intuitive gifts and started dabbling in um, herbal magic, probably around the age, very seriously around the age of 20. Mm -hmm. um, I remember I was working as a dental assistant. I've lived many lives. I was working as a <laughs> dental assistant. And I remember being in a very sterile environment. You know, I was working in the back in the lab. Um, so it just smells like cleaner back there. And I remember I was thinking of my grandmother, Irma. Um, who I was very close to as a little girl and she'd passed away. And I remember standing there and I was thinking of her and all of a sudden I smelled her perfume, very mm -hmm. distinct. Um, and then the hair on the back of my neck stood up and then I heard my name in my right ear. And I was like, what just happened? I'm like looking around, I'm like, okay, what's that? And I just felt her there. And so I was like, okay, what is this? And that started my exploration into the clairs of intuition and mm -hmm. learning about those. So that was actually clear audience. Um, and then it kind of unraveled from that point. Then it was just kind of like learning how to work through my own like childhood and sexual trauma. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I became interested um, in that work and somatic work and working with the parasympathetic system, working um, to use energy to unblock and heal um, wounds in the body. Mm -hmm. Um, and then let's see, what else do I do? I do so many things. Yeah, so, uh, 
Yeah. And then how about like all the astrology, human design? Yeah. So mm -hmm. I mean, we, we really, you've given me charts on human design and gene keys, but you yeah. really first time yeah. into the details of my astrology, which I'm like the yeah, baby. I'm a baby in a lot of these areas. Yeah. But, but it's okay because yeah. it's, it's huge awakening and like you reeled me back into it. Let's walk this through, you know, and I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Astrology. So I've been working with astrology um, and human design probably more so over the past three to four years, like very mm -hmm. intently. I've always been drawn to the sky. Um, and like tracking the patterns of like the constellations. I'm very connected to the moon. So I've always worked with the moon. Um, I work in a lot of lunar magic. Um, I'm a cancer ascendant, which you also are. Yeah. So we have this affinity for the moon. You know, cancer is the only zodiac sign ruled by the moon. So that pull to the sky. Yes. I pulled the moon card today, pulled. by the way. Yes, good. Yes, like, and we are in a oh, new yeah. We're in a new moon today. <laughs> a new moon. Yes, new moon in Sagittarius today. So, you know, I've always had an affinity for the sky and just the correlation of how we are affected by the different phases of the moon. Um how we can even just look to the sky to kind of get an internal temperature of how we're doing emotionally, you know, because the moon is the emotions, it's the body, the soma. Yeah, so getting into astrology was just kind of the next step because when I was working about three years ago is when I started working with people um, more on a, like a full-time basis. And I found it very interesting the way the charts and the human designs is essentially giving us this map of how to, of what our operating system is, right. It's kind of giving us the blueprint mm -hmm. and it helped me to customize the plants and the healing strategies in a way that actually fit the energetics of the person. You know, I do a lot of things intuitively, but I also believe in um, learning and gaining wisdom from others. So that way it can be plugged and played in to facilitate, to find the connection, right? Because sure. something that I really love doing is like connecting my own intuitive pings with what's actually happening in someone's chart. So I essentially like to divine and then I check the chart to see how that divination correlates with their own personal story because that's what astrology is right it's like a story of someone's life that's what human design is it's like essentially the chapters yes. in the unfolding of our life yeah so it was just another it just made sense it was the next step to kind of Do, yeah to branch out branch out because you're like multiple everything. branches here and yeah. twigs i love it yeah like you pull by so many different things from past lives yeah. past lifetimes you're like mm -hmm. bring that right on back and i remember yeah that. So, um, you also have talked about what, what about your acupuncture? You're an acupuncturist too. Acupressurist. Oh, so not puncture. So I don't, I, yes. Okay, pressurist. Oh. Yes. So, um, yeah, cause acupuncture is the needle. So I oh, do yeah. emotional acupressure. Yeah. So I got, um, I was actually really excited about that. So I was already kind of intuitively, what it is is working with the meridian lines, the energy channels of the body. Yeah. Um, the meridian lines are essentially like the highway um, of energy in the body. And so I was already kind of doing that on an intuitive level. And then um, when I was sitting in meditation one day, my guides told me they were like, you need to take this deeper um, because I do a lot of work with the pelvic floor and the sacral region. Um, and something that I was coming in contact with was a lot of um, disorders in the spleen and the liver. Mm. which connect to a lot of deep-seated emotions and wounds that a lot of us carry, just stress, um, over-worrying, anxiety, 
most importantly, like suppressed anger. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I just kind of became fascinated with the way that the soma, the body works in those energy channels and using the pressure points to help to release stagnancy in the body. Um, because I am like a big advocate for physical touch in my sessions. And so that was just kind of the next step and like learning triggering points and um, de-armoring points and learning how to work with the pressure points to bring about certain emotional relief and um, healing. Yeah. So I typically couple the acupressure with my um, massage session. So I am a massage therapist as well. Oh, um, wow. I work with like lymphatic and Lomi Lomi um, and tantric massage right now. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm getting a couple other certificate. I'm always uh, continued just, education. Yeah, I am. I'm probably in about eight different certifications. Gosh, right by the time now. you're like 80, you're going to be like, you've lived everybody's lifetime here. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's sad life. Um, I got 15 you know, jobs. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that back in the day? Yeah. yeah. From mom, um, what was that? In Living Color? <laughs> yeah, and it's like that. And it's, I just love to learn. And I love to, more importantly, learn how to embody those things and put them into practical application. Yeah. So it's like, like I said, I'm in, I'm always in some sort of continued education because I just always feel like it always gets greater later is something my partner always says. And so it's also kind of this idea of just constantly growing and expanding and testing my edge and seeing mm -hmm. how far I can push it. Right. Because I know like the more informed I am, the more knowledge that I can hold about myself the better of service I can be to others around me. Right. So yeah. I'm always looking to add tools to my toolkit because we need so many different ones at so many different points yeah. in our life. It's constantly changing as are we. And it could so, be just your design too, that this is like you said, the one it is the curiosity. It is my design. I'm a manifesting generator with a sacral mm. authority in my mm. human design. Um, and so, and I'm also the investigative martyr in my type. So, and with my Sag, I have a Sagittarius stellium in my sixth house. Sixth house is the house of service, of health, right? So it's like, I'm constantly trying to expand my knowledge base. Mm -hmm. I love to learn about different things, different cultures. I love to learn about people. So that way I can, um, yeah, because through helping people and learning about people, I'm also learning about myself as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I, I very I was, much in my design. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was just the care, the level of care that you have is impeccable. I mean, mm -hmm. so this retreat, y'all, I went yeah. to was gifted was this great. wonderful gift from a friend, uh, Shannon, who hopefully will hear this. Thank you, Shannon, again and again and again yeah. um, to go to this witch womb retreat in Salem, Massachusetts, mm -hmm. which will tie in nicely to what we're talking about here. Yeah, absolutely. Was, yeah, and she was one of the facilitators or the people running the show. And we we were served beautifully by each and every one of you. Um, so there were four. And yeah. it was Beck who, I, would you say she was the main coordinator? Oh, she was yeah. definitely the matriarch. This was her uh, this brainchild. This was her baby, right? And she brought me in. Yeah, she okay. brought me in. And then we uh, brought Anna and Katie on. Yeah. Anna and Katie. And everyone had their role and everyone yeah. did a fantastic job. 
And um, when Ashley would, everyone had to present something and they did this for a week straight. I mean, they had a plan. They stuck to the plan pretty much. I mean, there had to be (laughs) flexibility towards the end. And I think you guys loaded in a ton of stuff and it was fantastic. But every time you sat, your intention was so specific. Like we all had our, you know, our phones on recording what Ashley had to say because it was so detailed and so well thought to help each of us where we were on this journey to, to kind of further dive into uh, the healing journey or just where are we, how do we feel about this to literally the medicine that she brought in to just some daily practice. I mean, it was really wonderful. So I want to honor you for that level of effort for that retreat. You you. did a great job so much that I was like, girl, can we be friends? And can I work with you? (laughs) Like, yeah, I knew we would. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So I did. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, we went to Salem for the day. Um, we were actually outside of Salem. Where were we staying again? I forget the town. Oh gosh. Why is it? It's escaping me now. Is it W with a W or an M? I can't remember because Manchester, Manchester by, by the, the sea. sea. Yeah, Manchester. That's right. <laughs> Where were we? I don't know. That was like such a time warp. <laughs> it's okay. I had family in Marblehead and we just went to Marblehead okay. again. That's right. For Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So I was Beautiful. getting confused, but we went to Salem for the day. I've never been. And, um, you know, we, a lot of us about magic and witchcraft, you know, I think have a misunderstanding mm-hmm. of what it is. Yeah. And I would love for you to share a little bit about it. And even when I went into the museum, I was really excited about, well, the, the museum was outdated to me a little bit. Yeah, it was, it was a, little a little bit. I didn't, had, yeah. But when we went to the back end, I love, I took a picture of the wall, basically of how they used fear to basically mm-hmm. take control over certain time periods. And it's basically, we would all be considered witches at some point, because if you didn't follow Absolutely. the narrative, you were classified as a witch. And you were a witch. Right. Absolutely. And so the wall I basically mean, said it. You know, and I'm like, wow, that's powerful message, you know, and um, also just like if you are an herbalist or if you're someone who wants to go natural, Mm -hmm. naturopath or any kind of movement, like the, what we do at the gym, movement medicine, absolutely, that's considered witchcraft. It is. Yeah. Um, You know, and I think, I think there's like this negative connotation because it kind of got taken over by, you know, pop culture. Um, where right. when we think of a witch, we think of <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind is like the Wizard of Oz, right? And the Wicked right. Witch of the West. Um, but really, at its essence, what a witch is, is someone who's connected to their power, someone who's connected to the elements, who's drawn to nature, who works with the world around them to change results, to transmute Um essentially like a very simple definition that I always tell people, which is simply someone in their power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and when we're talking about how that word was, you know, uh, words are a very interesting thing. I think sometimes words tend to muddle the energy um, mm-hmm. and they can tend to change the narrative of what the true energy is of certain things. And so again, which is just, a name that was given to things that were not understood. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they even and called so, like, <clears throat> they even called when we were through there, excuse me, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, no, you're good. If you gave like, um, 
a midwife was considered a witch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we have midwives in our practice. I mean, a lot of people can respect Mm -hmm. the art of delivering a child. Yeah, lost a lot of that, unfortunately, right? The healthcare system, and you've got operators. You know, you got operators or surgeons, and not people Mm -hmm. that are actually meant to, you know, birth children. Birth on that, yeah. 100 percent it's like people were birthing children way before any of this ever existed right yeah and again and essentially it's honoring about, people that right. need oh no yeah yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. but i think at the core of it is really this kind of battle of it's really essentially about power mm-hmm. it's about power being taken away from the self yeah. yeah. And this um, false conceived notion that we aren't powerful or aren't able to be our own healers or aren't able to bring about the things in the world that we want to just by existing and with our intention. Yeah. Of course, yeah. there's action that comes into play with that. But I think a lot of the premise of which and just the idea of that is it's about power. It's about power being taken away. Um because if we're in our power, then we become dangerous. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. And then I a lot of that. the structures that are set up today in society would be unneeded yeah. if more of us were in our power. Right. And I think there's a place for everything. And I'm all for like the advancement of technology in the world as it is. But I also think what's been happening is it's disconnected us from something as simple as nature you know, the nature that exists outside of us also exists within us. Yeah. And I think that a lot of us have really lost connection with that because we live in a society that teaches us to dissociate, to distract. Right. And so even our own internal guidance system that we are literally a mirror of nature, we've learned to be disconnected from that, you know? And so when you become connected with that and you tap back into the self, that's being a witch connecting the as within to the so without yeah the as above to the so below like that's a witch right right right. um and that's a powerful thing and a lot of people are scared of that and so i think in pop culture it was kind of given this negative connotation or to be something um seen as evil or unsavory because like i said if we were all in our power then we'd all be walking around healed and um I'd be out of a job in some sense. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, you know, but there would be a lot of people. And so that's really, you know, I am a practicing witch and I have no problem saying that to anyone. I've never had a problem. Um, I always hold so much compassion um, and understanding to that word and how sometimes it's a little difficult for people to step into that. That's why we did a retreat on the witch wound to kind of take back the narrative of that word. Um, right. And to show that it means so many different things. Absolutely. Um, because really, it's just about understanding that we are magic. Innately, the body is magic. To be able to see the magic in everything, the fact that we can breathe without thinking is magic. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. That, you know, I, I tend to ramble, and you know this about me. So, oh, well, this is, this is <laughs> your hour, girl. You can say all that you want. I really appreciate this because, too, in the line of work that I do, and it's funny, I was chatting with another um, practitioner of, soul center healing hypnosis where we yeah. work mm-hmm. in the areas of clearing any kind of stagnant yeah. energy any dark energy any kind yep. of magic spells that are to harm yeah something, you know so mm-hmm. we all are aware of this side as well we're not going to discount that either but i do believe like we we tend to take one thing and then that's it that's all that there is yeah 
So, um, you know, I, I, I have thankfully the gift of intuition. We talked about this yes. in our um, healing sessions the other day. And I never mm -hmm. really knew that what that was, but I didn't realize I can spot when someone is of not, I guess, good intention, good light. Yeah. And um, I was a little naive when I allowed that energy to come through and work with me. And then I could see clearly in its face because they show themselves, you know, they show right. that what they're doing and taking advantage. And so mm -hmm. that's part of the process of working with anybody, anybody that you yeah. want to connect with. I always say even be working with a practitioner in hypnosis or in other kind of mm -hmm. modalities, even with fitness, even if you go to a church, you're all want to have discernment with, if you decide you want to go to a congregation or a place, feel the energy out, feel if it's a right fit for you. And like I said, I was drawn to Ashley immediately. I knew what she was doing. I was watching you very closely just to see, you know, what you were doing. And I was like, wow, this yeah. person has done a ton of, I, I don't want to use the word work, but you have, you worked so much. Yeah. I can tell that you're not messing around and you're here to really help people and yeah. you're constantly growing and evolving. And I, I was just really attracted to that. And I, I realized on my journey that um, I now needed to tap into the lower areas that I had kind of disconnected from. And I wasn't yeah. really ever given the roadmap of, right. of that. So I yeah. very, very, very grateful to mm -hmm. feel the comfort, the maternal love that you give to me in our sessions. Um, so. Yeah. I just say that to anybody who really wants someone that um, does not have that judgment, that's just there to to hold space for you and can bring in a ton of resources. Ashley yeah. is amazing. Oh, goodness. Now I'm blushing. It, uh, seriously. Um, <laughs> and I know it's me doing I, the work. I know it's me doing the work. Yes, it is you doing the work. Yes. But I don't think I've ever had, I told you this before, um, a maternal figure that's ever yeah. made me feel safe. Mm -hmm. I, so I take that in this way, highly. in this capacity of where yeah. I'm like sharing and I'm, I'm you know, being extremely vulnerable. I, I think I'm pretty yeah. vulnerable in general. And yes, uh, but mm -hmm. to this level, it's, it's even deeper. Yeah. yeah. And I think, cause what I try to strive to do too, is to also be vulnerable. Um, cause I think sometimes too, we forget our humanness mm -hmm. and, um, and something, and you know, because I'll always ask you, where are you feeling it in your body? And this is something that I really drive home with people because it's like, you even saying that you needed to work with the lower ends and really what it is, is like trusting your body. Yeah. Because we all intuitive in nature, but I think we can tend to get very distracted and very heady. Like I said, there's a lot of distractions, right? That mm -hmm. keep us very much up here mm -hmm. that we forget to listen to our body. So it's like, even when we're in certain situations, um, we have a tendency to overthink it instead of feel what's yeah. the right thing, right? So a big thing that I do, and you can kind of see all of the things I work with kind of connect to the somatic work, right? Of yeah. learning what your energy is, how your body is speaking to you, because our body is our biggest guidance system and how to navigate life. Like we can trust the body. That's why you always hear the saying, like I had a gut feeling, mm -hmm. right? Or I could sense that. That's a sensory thing. That's a body thing. And so... I really like to help people fall more into that, like trusting what the body is speaking as opposed to what the mind is saying. Yeah. Cause it's like that saying, um, believe nothing you see and only half of what you hear mm -hmm. trust in what you feel. Yeah. 
I think you're the first person that actually told me to like, trust your feelings. I can't tell you how yeah. wrong I've been I'm made to feel wrong in like yeah. early on profession for being a feeler. Like that's not bad. You need to be intuitive. That's not feelings are not intuitive. And I'm like, okay, well, I must be a really horrible <laughs> employee if feelings yeah. are not intuitive because that's how I go through things. That's how I understand Absolutely. the world. And you're also a cancer ascendant like me. And right. so we are feelers. Like our Absolutely. intuition is based in our emotions. Yeah. Well, so we are, we're emotional healers. Yeah. 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 So at one point in time, there was like a company that used the Myers-Briggs. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Myers-Briggs. And yeah, yeah. I think I might've actually shifted um, from being intuitive to like a, a thinker and intuition or whatever, because mm -hmm. I think yeah. I was all about thinking because I had mm -hmm. to be more up here mm -hmm. to feel safe, you know? And right. so as I started to realize um, my own kind of truth come into my reality, I started putting down the guard because I'm like, oh, I just don't have to participate over there. Like that right. doesn't have to be in my reality if I don't want to, I don't have to entertain that. I'm going to go exactly. to a place where I feel good about myself. And mm -hmm. I really didn't know that to be my reality for many years. I thought I had to play yeah. in the corporate pool where I right. was drowning in it. Yep. And I think too, it's, it's interesting. Cause like the corporate pool too. I mean, we do live in like a patriarchal society mm -hmm. um, and I'm a big advocate for like honoring the divine masculine and divine feminine. But when we talk about the structure in which our society, like society is built off of, it is a very patriarchal or very masculine yeah. um, presence. Right. And so I think especially too, for women and men, that's where kind of like our, main energy essence has kind of gotten distorted where we as women we are supposed to be receptive mm -hmm. and we are supposed to feel we're right side thinkers right right side of the brain is intuitive it's emotional mm -hmm. right we are this emotional well of <laughs> feelings yeah? yeah um and intuiting the world around us based off of our womb space essentially yeah whereas men are left side brain logical rational so we've kind of gotten this distorted place to where we are trying to think about things when really we're supposed to be feeling. And then we even look at the dichotomy of just the masculine and feminine within each of us, whether you identify as a male or a female. And I think so oftentimes we get so far in the end, like just the way everything is set up, it's very masculine mm -hmm. in a lot of spaces to where we're always trying to rationalize everything. Absolutely. And think about everything that we're very much disconnected from the body and how the two connect as opposed to it's always this idea of like it has to be this or that instead of this and that, right. which is what I like to tell people. Right. It's um, both ends, not either or. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like we all have qualities of both. I don't know if that's something that's yes. lost in translation right now with what's going on in the world. I think so. Yeah, like we I, all have qualities. I mean, I know I'm more in the masculine sometimes because I've had mm -hmm. to survive. I've been in this survival. Absolutely. survival. What did you say? I'm in the parasympathetic or? Yeah, well, you're in your sympathetic. Yeah, so the survival state is typically, it's the sympathetic system. The sympathetic. So it's about action, movement. It's about, typically that's where our attachment cries lie, right? So it's like that fight, fight flight, or flight, freeze. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, freeze, fawn appeasement, uh, mm -hmm. find, you know what I mean? Where it's like, um, 
we do have to survive. So we go into this survival state, right? And we think that that's how we have to exist. And, you know, the sympathetic is very important too, because again, it is action. Movement. Absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's about learning the parasympathetic is where we rest and digest. You know, it's connected to the gut. The vagus nerve is the vehicle for the parasympathetic system. It's called the wandering nerve that runs along the spine. And so the parasympathetic is more about connection, integration, but there's also two branches mm -hmm. of the parasympathetic where we have the ventral, which is more in this space of like the digest, the integration, right? Being mellow, being present. And then we have the dorsal, which is depression, numbness, dissociation. Mm -hmm. So really the idea is where we want to be able to flow just like in life, where we want to flow between the dualistic nature of all things, the light and the dark right? The masculine, the feminine, there's this window of capacity we want to be flowing through with the sympathetic and the ventral parasympathetic. And I think a lot of people exist in a state of high panic or anxiety because we've been programmed to be in this survival space. Um, so that's why I love to teach people about one, become aware of your attachment cry. Mm -hmm. What is your survival mechanism? Because I also lived in my masculine for a very long time because I had to get stuff done. Like I lived in a lot of trauma and it was also kind of that idea of if I'm not going to do it, um, it's never going to be done right type of mentality. Right. And always having to assert right. and be in action and drive. But it always had me in a constant state of go, 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 go. And there was no rest. Right. There was yeah. no integration. And right. integration is such a big, potent part of any type of work that you're doing. Because I think, too, now I'm going to go on a ramble, because I think, too, we like because we live in a world where it's so much like instant gratification and we're always looking for these really big experiences and things to take us outside of ourselves or into ourselves to show us who we are. We forget about the integration aspect mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that that integration aspect of anything that you're participating in in life is actually where the girth is. That's mm -hmm. actually where the growth is. Right. Because sometimes we get addicted to the high sure. of the experiences, right? What were we even talking about? Um, you know, well, we were rambling. talking about we we have to honor the, both sides, the masculine oh, yeah, the feminine energy in ourselves. And I think people 100%. are misconstruing that if they feel more feminine that they are, that's all that they are. And exactly. we have both within ourselves. I can take on that role, but I still feel, feel very connected to that feminine energy and even being introduced to stuff that mm -hmm. wasn't comfortable for the feminine. Right. Side. But Absolutely. I don't have any issues just being me. I've always felt like, okay, I'm a little unique. I'm a little different. Mm -hmm. Sometimes not comfortable in my body, but not because of feminine or masculine and more just be like, right. It's just hard. And I would rather be up here and not feel up here. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it's uncomfortable and sometimes it's really about yeah. leaning into the uncomfortable. Yeah. And understanding that's where growth is because growth that's is what uncomfortable. we're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. We were doing some like reciting of phrases and like I literally yeah. down. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was, but it was like a program, like you're not going mm -hmm. to participate in this. And yeah. So we were doing your EFT sessions. Yeah. And talk about tapping like, on the meridian lines. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. I was like talk and I was really upset about yeah. Having to feel like so vulnerable about mm -hmm. that practice really triggering me. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, because it, that practice is like essentially about um, unraveling like wired stories, um, yeah. like changing the neuroplasticity of the body essentially. Um, 
And a lot of times we hold on to, um, I don't like to overuse the word trauma, but we hold on to like wounds. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes we identify ourselves through our wounds Yeah. Um, to where they just become a part of who we are. And so when we begin the work of like unraveling and really just even being in awareness of them and looking at them. It can be very triggering because then it's also this idea of if I work on healing this part of myself, then who am I without mm -hmm. this? Mm. You know, we, we base our identity so much sometimes on our wounds right. that it does us a disservice, you know, and then the ego comes in is like, oh, no, it's comfortable here. You want to be here. This is comfortable. You know this, right? Even to the something I often see, and it's something that I saw in myself. It's like when you grow up in a state of chaos, even you can become very comfortable in the chaos mm -hmm. to where like if you're resting more, like things are kind of mellow and things are going right. good. You're like, something's wrong. Right. Something's wrong. I need to make chaos so I can feel safe because it's this false idea of safety. Right. And that's where we get again into those survival states where it's like, I have to create chaos. So that way I can have some false conceived idea of safety. Totally. Because that's, what's comfortable. Yeah. And so I think we've just become so accustomed to our own survival state sometimes yeah. that to go into anything outside of that doesn't feel safe. And so right. we have to, that's a learned behavior. We have to learn how to create safety. One of my teachers always says like, in order for us to feel safeness in our internal body, we have to create safety mm. in our external body. Mm. Um, in our external landscape. Yeah. Um, because it's really, again, a lot of times our body holds all of these codes and all of these wounds that something doesn't even have to be happening in our outside world. We immediately go back to that space if we're triggered by an emotion that it puts us back into that memory, right. Or into that wound that we start to behave in a way that mimics that and right. it expresses that. So, yeah. And I always tell people, it's like anxiety is the future. Depression is the past. Yeah. And balance is in the presence right, of existing absolutely. in the moment right then right mm -hmm. we're going all over the place no well, that's, the, that's the great thing about <laughs> it is like honestly i feel like you tap into so many different areas yeah. i don't even know how you get started on a plan so let's just take a quick, <laughs> let's take me as your subject yeah yeah and when you met me obviously like how would you even start where would you go obviously you get my birth information yeah so that's usually where it starts. So typically it's like, I want your birth information because I want to see, I want to look up your astrology and your human design. Mm -hmm. But I always start on an intuitive level. Um, you want me to speak personally for you sure. what it was yeah, at you first? Can. Yeah. 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 So personally for you, what I felt was this big craving to be in tune with your body, but also this feeling of never understanding or really feeling, feeling safe mm -hmm. in that. Um and so, yeah, that's usually how it starts is we do an intuitive read. And really, it was just about you feelings. You were up here a lot. Mm. There was a lot going on up here. Like your energy was just almost like a cyclone, um, you know, to where it was just like, let's just like actually bring you into presence mm -hmm. of where you are and who you are and understand how magical you are. Mm -hmm. Because there's that, too. There was like a lot of doubt in yourself about your gifts even and who you were and you were just yeah. like this highly gifted just like walking around and you're like I don't know <laughs> and I'm like oh my god don't you see um which is what I love to do because for me it's really about how can I show you the magic that lives within you yeah because a lot of times we have so many programs mm -hmm. um and patterns playing out from our childhood or from even past lives that make us forget yeah that we who we are yeah
so typically the way that it starts is well i'm always doing like an intuitive read first mm -hmm. um and then it really starts with like a conversation of like what is your constitution where are you at right now what are things you're experiencing um in your body and emotionally um and we're typically starting with some sort of emotional work because i'm a big believer um that any disease or disease that happens in the body 99.9% .9 of the time is connected to something emotional, right? Mm -hmm. um, because the body will speak. If we do not listen to our emotions, typically the body will end up showing up and say, hey, listen to me. Um, kind of like what the symptoms are and what's going on. And then I'll start the work of kind of getting to the root of things, right? Um, and so then typically first time working with me is like um, we're either getting on some sort of herbal regimen um, doing some sort of energy healing session or both um, and working with plants and with energy work to kind of um, begin the process of unlocking and unraveling wounds and things trapped in the body. Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of times we have our trauma gets trapped in the soma and creates stagnancy, which then creates illness. Yeah. Um, so that's typically where we start. And then just depending on the level in which we're working on, usually we're making a customized plan that's involving my whole premise of the stuff that I do is movement magic medicine. So we're working with some sort of movement practice, um, some sort of practice dealing with the somatic work, which is the connection of the mind and body through breath, movement, mm. sound. Um, so that's always going to be incorporated. And then, of course, there's going to be some sort of magic, which magic comes in many different forms. And then medicine, um, whether uh, with the herbs, with the plants, or with um, plant medicine that I work with. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Primal um, expert instructor. Primal movement. Yeah. Primal movement uh, instructor, too. Which I love primal I, movement. The reason why you do what you do, because there's some level of the physical movement that you said that really- 100%. Makes ties everything. Yeah, everything. primal movement. Yeah, primal movement. The whole reason I even started because I've always done movement in some form. I've always been a practitioner of yoga, but for me, something I was seeing for myself personally is I tend to channel a lot, yeah. and so that was causing me to constantly be in kind of this state of like, and I need more grounding because I am fire mm -hmm. and water. I don't have a lot of earth in my chart. Um, I Primal movement was a personal practice at first because I started, I've always done some form of movement, um, but so primal movement is more like animal style flows. It's really about this connection to our primal essence. Um, it's a connection to play. It's a connection to like low ground movement. So being very close to the earth, um, it focuses a lot on mobility, which is very important as we age, we mm -hmm. lose a lot of our mobility and we actually spend our life by being mobile. Right. Um, and so for me, it was a very personal thing at first, because as someone who channels a lot um, and who tends to be in the ethers a lot, I really needed something that was going to connect me to the earth to actually be able to alchemize all of the information that's constantly streaming in. Right. Yeah. Um, and then it really just became a practice to tap into like my ancestral roots even more. Just even the practice of like using animal noises and doing movement close to the ground really you know, when we come out of the womb, we explore the earth with our hands yeah. and with our lower extremities, right? So it's really about this connection to that instinctual part of us before yes. thought comes into play, before the patterns and programmings are put on us, and to really just invite in that essence of play. 
I as a it. form of alchemy as well. Yeah. So, and then I just realized how important it was. I just like to incorporate all of the things I'm doing to be of most help. So typically I'll break down someone's birth chart um, and figure out the moves that work best for their constitution for their birth chart. I'm excited. Right? I wanted yeah. to say something about that too before we wrap up, but I, I don't know if I remember. Oh, I loved how you said movement because this is another area where I think what, from what I've learned being in the fitness industry yeah. and kind of debunking a lot of fitness terms and mm-hmm. you no know, yeah. kind of yoga, like everyone thinks they need to be super yeah. flexible and it really has nothing right. to do with it. It has to be about mobility. Uh, mobility right. is everything and how you're 100%. supposed to move. So I think it's mm-hmm. great that you found this practice while yoga is very beneficial. It's you're beautiful. not, everybody moves the same way. And so you've got to find, on your, like you said, your birth chart, just your body type alone. Um, you want to find what works well so you can sustain right. and maintain good health. Absolutely. It's like working with where you are. So that way it can stretch into what you can be right. as well. You know, and yoga too, I just want to make sure I say too, yoga is a lifestyle. So it's not just about movement right. too, right? And I'm saying just like any fitness fad, because there's a lot of them out there. I think some people just jump into things because they heard it on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to yeah. work hard rather than smart. You know what I mean? Or what's right for them. Yeah. And I think people really need to honor when they approach mm-hmm. a, a yoga practice or whatever. There's so many different types that, you know, they're really connecting with the one that yeah. best suits them. And I right. um, I have family members that do a very specific right. type of uh, Kriya yoga um, and it's within the family and that's mm-hmm. something that they love to do. And uh, yeah. they keep telling me I should do it. And I'm like, okay, I got to learn how to really meditate. first. <laughs> yeah. Right. And also understand there's different forms of meditation. And like for right. you personally, like a sitting down type of meditation isn't the best, but I could see like working with Kriyas or like mantras. Sure. Would be super helpful. Yeah. I do like and to I lay down I'm- and meditate. Laying down and meditating. Yeah, like I love that. It's yeah, like relaxing. a yoga nidra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think too, it's just important for people. Um, something my partner always says um, that his mother taught him was to like teach people how to think as opposed to what to think. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you approach life in this way, it kind of gives you the opportunity to play with life and to know that life is an experimentation and to try different things and explore different things. And just because something doesn't necessarily work for you doesn't mean that it's not okay it's just not for you right and it's about being willing to try and kind of move in this trial and error type framework when it comes to life Um, because I think a lot of us can get discouraged sometimes if we if some form of movement or any practice that we do doesn't work for us um, we tend to like give up or say oh well I'm not doing this right so that must mean that I can't do this and it's like no you just haven't found the way that's right for you right and I think that can be translated with movement, healing, anything. Yeah. I think that's so true. Um, Absolutely. And there's a lot of things out there too, that we're lucky that we can try different things. And that's why I said, really go into it with your, your intention. And, and, you know, even if, like you said, something didn't sit well with you, there's, there's so many other things to explore. And I, and if you're open, I feel like it, it calls to you just like the medicine will call Mm -hmm. to you when it's your time and the healing and people like Ashley will come into your life. And, yeah. <laughs> and, um, it's been a beautiful, it's been a beautiful friendship and, um, mm-hmm. um I love working with you. Oh, I love being with you as yeah. well. Yes. Is there anything else that you would like to share today before we wrap up? Oh, that we would, that I would like to share. Um, I would just, 
ask everyone to just be mindful of their internal landscape. You know, we are in winter now. And um, so there is kind of this energy of going inward and really doing some shadow work and reflecting um, and being in preparation for the spring. So just reminding people to rest. I know the holidays can be very hard too. Um, and we can be susceptible to like seasonal depression and things mm -hmm. like that. So as we talk about the topic of moving, like just reminding people to move their body mm -hmm. or even just shake their body um, and to not become stagnant because sometimes we can do that in the winter time and we are supposed to hibernate in a sense, but just like everything on the outside of nature looks like it's dying underneath the surface, it's still alive. Mm -hmm. So remembering that I think is helpful for people. Yeah. Um, so to even just be working with maybe some spicy roots, um, working with like cinnamon and ginger and things and turmeric and things like that during the season would be super helpful just to keep that internal agni, that fire kind of moving. Yeah. Um, to have some sort of movement practice. Um, I do want to say I'm very excited. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming out next year. I'm going to be doing a lot more retreats yeah. um, personally and in collaboration with others. So yeah, be on the lookout for that. And yeah, share um, how we can yeah, find you, please. Yes. Yeah, so um, you can, my website is lunarcrystalline.com. Um, you can email me. That's probably the easiest way lunarcrystalline at gmail um it's all pretty standard and then my instagram is also a nice way to reach me lunar underscore crystalline on instagram awesome awesome yeah, awesome. yeah she has some awesome yeah. uh videos that she posted really good content um yeah so definitely check I her out on to. instagram mm -hmm. well i want to thank uh our audience for joining us Thanks today so for having me yeah, and thanking you for being here and if you like this kind of content, please like and subscribe to the Conscious Broadcast. And we will see you next time on another episode. So have a lovely day. <laughs>